Even now it wasn't over. A little crowd of friends gathered round the Rolls Bentley in which the Grants were to travel on the first stage of their honeymoon. They were to spend a week or two in Devon, and then go to the Riviera. The first was for sentimental reasons. They had met in Devon, where Sir Mortimer Grant had a beautiful old house, Tivan Lodge. The newlyweds were going there immediately after the ceremony. Michael Grant's manservant, Hayden, had left for Devon with most of the luggage. Still radiant, Christine made her way laughingly to the car, dressed now in a bottle-green suit by Dior. Grant climbed in beside her, and the car moved off. Christine brushed the confetti from her shoulders and lap, then from Michael's. He glanced at her, smiling, but kept his eyes on the thick traffic ahead. When they were on the Great West Road, Grant relaxed and caught Christine's eye. "'All well, sweet? All's wonderful.' She had never meant a thing more. I hope to God I always make you feel like that. Darling, you will. Where are we staying tonight? You'll find out, said Grant solemnly. You're not going to try and reach Tivern, are you? I am only a fool sometimes, and this isn't jet propelled. I've selected a delightful little spot, he assured her. We'll be just in time to have a rest, and if you feel like it, change for dinner. Somewhere in Dorset, then. The hilly wilds of North Dorset, Grant said lightly. Let's see if we can get a bit of speed on, shall we? the road's empty. Christine didn't care where they went, hardly knew what she was saying. She was in a daze of happiness, and I must touch him to be sure he's real mood, and it showed in her eyes. Nothing over a hundred, darling. Grant grinned at her. The road here was flat, the land on either side uninteresting, but some way ahead were trees, and in the distance undulating meadowland. After three minutes of exhilarating speed, Grant eased off the accelerator. By the time they reached a patch of beech trees which hid a corner, they were travelling at no more than forty. He looked at her again, adoringly, newly wed. Happy? So happy. Then a car, a big green Mercedes, passed them on the bend. Grant glared for the abominated road hogs and jaywalkers. Christine saw the corners of his lips turn down. As the other car shot ahead, a passenger in the back seat looked round, and Christine saw him clearly a little man with a pale, round face, smiling a set smile. A Chinaman's smile. The car disappeared round another corner. Christine began, "'Why will people ask for trouble? I—' She broke off. It was as if a dark cloud had fallen over her husband's face. It was set in bleak lines, reminding her of granite, revealing the hard streak which she knew was there, although he had never shown it to her before. The other car was now a hundred yards ahead, travelling very fast. Christine could just make out the head and shoulders of the driver, but not of a passenger. It was on the tip of her tongue to ask what had upset Michael, but she stopped herself. He'd tell her in good time. It was crazy, but they were comparative strangers to each other, and had to learn about each other's moods, learn to dovetail their lives. She mustn't try to hurry it, must fit her mood into his. She owed him that. She felt that she worshipped him. Then he turned to look at her, and his expression was almost frightening, something she had never dreamt could show in him. He was afraid. Grant looked at her, as if he hardly knew she was sitting beside him. Then gradually his expression changed, his lips curved, and somehow his face became strong and free from fear. He took a hand off the wheel and squeezed her knee. "'We've made good time. How about a mystery to her? Care to make a detour?' No, we might get a puncture or have some engine trouble, and I'd hate to spend our first night under a haystack. 
He gave a deep, amused chuckle. I don't know that I'd care, he said, but you're probably right. The green Mercedes was out of sight, the road was good, and they were able to make fine speed. Grant seemed to have forgotten whatever had upset him, although Christine couldn't get it out of her mind. She hoped she didn't show that. They reached Salisbury two hours after leaving London, and beneath the archway of a sixteenth-century coaching inn, where ivy clustered at the walls, the windows still had bottle glass, and the oak beams were twisted and gnarled, as if still growing in the walls. "'Tea, Mrs. Grant? How on earth did you guess I was parched?' He helped her out of the car, and under the patient eyes of an old porter, brushed a few pieces of confetti from her coat. Then, arm in arm, they went towards the back entrance of the hotel— The big lounge was half empty and pleasantly cool. A pleasant waitress in a black frock and tiny bonnet cap took their order. They talked idly, foolishly, gaily, and Christine almost forgot the group.